0: Welcome to Sky's the Limit with your host. yours truly Sky Estra Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Skye's the Limit podcast. I'm literally ecstatic right now because today, I'm introducing Soraya Corey, the owner of Hen Mother Cookhouse. And let me tell you, we were just debriefing on this, but like I lived a half a mile from Hen Mother growing up. And the fact that our timelines did not overlap of me living there and her opening this restaurant, it's crazy. Anyways, we're going to digress, but I have been a fangirl of Hen Mother from afar since this Johns Creek institution opened almost six years ago. We are so close. hen Mother Cookhouse is known for fluffy pancakes with a crispy exterior, huge portions of crunchy fried chicken over homemade mouthwatering waffles, decadent quiches filled with seasonal ingredients, and above all, a hilarious personality at the helm of everything. So without further ado, thank you so much for joining me on
1: Sky's Limit. Oh my God. I'm so happy to be here with you. You are such a little star. I just love <laughs> Love you. Um, yeah, it's crazy that we like literally could have gone on morning walks together. I know. Like just meet each other in the in this, what is that called? The circle. That what is that called? The the roundabout. The
0: roundabout. Yes.
1: That's what you look forward to in the suburbs. Is hey, meet me in the roundabout. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy to be on. I thank you for asking me. I can't imagine a better,
0: a better guest to have. I'm so excited. And also because like brunch is really my favorite meal and so there's just a lot of overlap with that but first we're going to get you fired up Yes, get, ma'am. get the tongue rolling it's a cold day it's sometimes hard to get the brain like fired up so here we go okay all right so first i just need to ask
1: how do you take your
0: coffee i
1: take it camel colored okay yes love that yes. answer no sweetener camel colored it has to be viscous it has to be like thick like dirt yeah fish yeah you're not taking diluted coffee no I'm not a Dunkin Donuts girl yeah I'm a very like thick stick to my cup kind of coffee girl okay <laughs> that's a description I've never heard but good <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at coffee purveyors right now for the new space and like it's so funny because I'm trying to tell them like what I'm looking for yeah and when I they're all coffee snobs. like they yeah. drink their coffee lukewarm because they like to taste the notes oh calm
0: down that's uh, like tequila drinking meat like gross I'm sorry so
1: gross. I'm just like yeah I, I'm not that I need it hot and I also <laughs> need it like this, this, and that. And like they all look at me like, oh, you don't know what you need, you know. And I'm like, no, I do know what I need. I it be- sounds
0: like you've got a man in the building for showing sure. you exactly what you There's need. A lot you of know men, what you need.
1: A lot of men rolling around yeah. these streets.
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> to all the female coffee purveyors out there, get your butt over to Henmo. <laughs> but I appreciate that answer and I was honestly like half scared that you were gonna say you didn't drink caffeine and that was gonna make me like actually scared of you.
1: No, don't be scared. I I did have to cut it down though. Like I was drinking about 32 ounces of coffee a day. Okay. Okay. Which is problematic. Yeah. Um so I cut it down and so now it's one cup a day but like damn, it better be good. Yeah. Yes. We're not wasting it on that
0: diluted stuff. Mm -hmm. It also made me think of Chick-fil-A having that Thrive coffee, which is just tastes like burnt ass. It's terrible. It's terrible. I've never
1: had it, thankfully, but I can imagine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't even
0: stoop to it. It's better to have racetrack coffee than that, to be honest (laughs) with you. Okay. Next on my quick fire, citrus Mm -hmm.
1: season or stone fruit season? Stone fruit, hundred percent. I would be a peach if I could. me too. You're so a Georgia girl. I am six years in and you're a hundred percent a peach. Now I don't want you to hate on me because I know you're like Georgia born and bred. We just learned this, but California has better stone fruit than Georgia. I'm sorry. No, I'm not offended. Okay. Like (laughs) when I, my husband and I were like, yes, we're about to move to like the peach state. No, like Cal Napa Valley peach stone fruit season is like, it's like, Eden. I mean, it is incredible. So, yeah. but I would be a stone fruit if I could be.
0: Yes. Well, and if you take a little time away from California and you're in Georgia and it is stone fruit season, still phenomenal.
1: Still. Yes. Still phenomenal.
0: It's just, it's
1: not really, it's not peaches to peaches. That's exactly it. Yes. Yeah. I got to be better about just like being a little less discerning and just like
0: <laughs> no, but relative. that's That's what makes you, you though. Like that super taster kind of mindset. Uh,
1: and but Pearson Farms... Shout out. Yes. Love a Pearson's
0: Farm peach. Phenomenal. It's great. Yes. That's kind of more of a tongue twister than I anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we both really love food TV shows or like loved them growing up. Do you have a food TV show of choice?
1: I think not so much anymore, but yeah. I definitely like when Michael Carello RIP passed away, I, I had very vivid reactions and emotions to it because he was like my go-to had the house in Napa Valley. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of why I ended up in Napa Valley. Cause like of his show. Wow. Um, sidebar, I stashed <laughs> at his restaurant when I, when I moved there, but he, um, like just picking the rosemary from the garden and then going and putting it on the popcorn. Like I was yeah. very much, but I think I'm like, in a garden. Yeah. You know, Martha back in the day, like that's my style. That's yeah. my vibe.
0: Okay. Last on the quick fire. Um, does hot sauce belong on eggs or ketchup? Or how do you feel about the condiments on the eggs? Is there anything that offends you there? Okay.
1: Well, nothing offends me. I, I've never been that chef. That's like no salt and pepper on the table. Like, no, like do what you need to do. It's your body. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a salt and pepper girl on eggs. Yeah. Strictly salt, fresh ground pepper. Mm -hmm. Um, that being said, People are obsessed with fucking hot sauce. Yeah. Sorry, am I allowed to curse? Yes, you can say whatever the fuck you want. Okay, okay. yeah, I just don't <laughs> want like any um. Yeah, no, like the hot sauce. If you, del- if I, I, I think I'd have. Of- out of a hundred guests, maybe four people don't ask for hot sauce at the restaurant. Like it's insane.
0: Wow, it's insane,
1: and they put it on everything. I mean, even my mom. Like we call my mom the saucier queen lately. Like it's like there needs to be barbecue sauce, hot sauce, and everything. My mom's a Persian little old lady. Like the fact that she's putting hot <laughs> sauce on everything. It's like I don't know if all of our taste buds have just like if it's like if it's osmosis, if it's like evolution. Like yes. something's going on where all of us are like needing hot sauce. Um, but I, I don't get offended by it. I'm like, do whatever you got to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. That That's, I I wonder if like, if you pulled everybody in 2018 when your restaurant opened versus now in 2024, the amount of hot sauce, like has it been a steady increase or was it always that way? I should look
1: at our, like, we should just look at our inventory order guide. That'd be so interesting. I'll let you know. Okay. Thanks. I'll let the people know. Stay
0: tuned, everybody. We're going to find out (laughs) if the hot sauce trend is really like, I think it's probably been
1: consistent, but it's definitely a lot. It's insane. We go through like, we use Texas Pete, Mm. just like you know, basic ass, but, um, it, it
0: keeps the people happy. It
1: keeps the people happy. Yeah. Someone, like a, a, some vendor just sent me their hot sauce. I don't even remember the name. I feel badly now, but it's like, it was really, really good. But I'm like, I can't, it's too expensive. Like for people yeah. just like willy nilly putting it on their biscuit, like without even thinking about it. Yeah.
0: It's, I don't know. Hot sauce. People are going to love their special brand. If they've always associated hen mother with Texas Pete, if you changed it, yeah. they would be like, I want my Texas Pete. So oh, it's sucks. just and we use our keep it consistent Sir, yeah it's like the best ketchup. oh yes. yes So like
1: everyone everyone every review every art it's like they make their own ketchup it's like no we don't never said we did <laughs> <laughs> but okay thanks for getting through that quick yeah, it's just it's good
0: fun. to kind of like warm up and think about some things even though we've already been talking for a minute because I know who are we if we're not talking exactly i would just pass out and go to sleep <laughs> probably you too
1: i probably would be talking in my sleep but yes yeah <laughs> that's happened <laughs> wouldn't put it past either of uh.
0: us. do you want a dentist that actually spends time getting to know you and your needs a practice that not only provides regular cleanings but also excels in straightening teeth replacing missing teeth and helping highly anxious patients Peach Dental is a family owned practice that does just that. If you're looking for an elevated dental experience, join me at Peach Dental. It's where I go to keep my teeth healthy. Dr. Resnick is offering a special discount for Sky's the Limit listeners. Get 15% off teeth whitening and a 10% discount off of their office membership plan visit PeachDentalATL.com to learn more and book your appointment. Again, that's PeachDentalATL.com. Okay, so let's get into career journey. I know you've talked about it with other people before, but like, let's just for the people that are like, I love him mother, but like, I just don't know everything about how we got to this place right now where you're about to open a second location Mm. in downtown Alpharetta. Mm. You've been around for almost six years, as I just said, like, the, the fangirl ship is not just coming from me. Like there's, there's a ship of fangirls oh that God. are coming to you all the time. And I'm not trying to like blow smoke. I'm just, it's the truth. Yeah. And people drive in from other parts of Georgia. They drive in probably from out of state when people are coming in, even to see Heather McMahon on tour, they're like, okay, hen mother is our first stop because right. this is part of the Heather McMahon. Experience. It's very
1: cool. I love to be part of that Heather McMahon experience. Cause we all know we love her. yes Um, yeah, I so you know I've talked about I started started professionally cooking late in my twenties. Okay, but always had been in the restaurant in- industry since I was fourteen. Yep. So waited tables at a Greek-owned breakfast place um, for eight years, like all through high school and Wait, college in
0: Chicago. Mm-hmm. That's giving me my big fat Greek wedding.
1: Yeah, very, very much. Yes. So like, like when we watched that movie, we were like, oh yeah, that's so true. Grandma's always there. Like. That's yeah yeah I was always so sitting funny. at like that's how it was. I worked for a wonderful family, the Demetrio family, and family run. Mm-hmm. so the dad um would be there and open the restaurant every morning. He would sit with his little paper boy hat oh, what a cutie. whatever that's called like yeah. the paper diner hats mm-hmm. um at like the executive table, we'd call it. His kids were a part of it. His wife was a part of it. His brother-in-law, his brother. I mean, it was such a family run restaurant. And so I started there when I was 14. I was a horrible server. Mm-hmm. Um, the waitresses had all been there at that point. You know, they were all my age now. They were like in their forties or mm-hmm. early, like late thirties. But like to me, they were ancient dinosaurs and they were so mean and horrible <laughs> and like had no zero patience. And, um, but I am this kind of person where like I stick shit out. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, no one's going to tell me. I'm like, I'm not good enough. You know, I'm going to be better than all of you. And I ended up being like one of the best servers there. Everyone, they put me in the shittiest station. It was like the back station. It used to be the smoking station. So right, right when I started working there, smoking was banned in the city that I grew up in. Okay. Sadly, I grew up in Highland Park. So where the, the shooting was in last. Yes. You know, so. Yes. One of my
0: best friends grew up there too. Okay. Yes.
1: So it's a really wonderful community. Yeah. And so I would be in this back station and they kind of like threw me back there cause I sucked. And then within like, <laughs> su- quote unquote, quote unquote sucked. and I'll never forget, I had a customer tell me, you know, sh- you're really a sweet little girl, but you're just inefficient. I didn't know what inefficient meant. I was 14. I like was not very like well read. Um, <laughs> I like ditched school every day. So I was like inefficient. What the hell does that mean? And then I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> so then, I ended up becoming like the best, you know, one of the best servers there. People were like flocking to my back shitty station. Wow. So my sister, Sarah, who's also a partner at Henmother, uh-huh. was like, you guys, uh, our plan to like throw her in the worst station is not working. The best tippers are asking to be sat in her station. So it's time we move her out of that mm-hmm. station. Mm-hmm. So I worked there for eight years, loved it, still in, in, you know, in communication with that family and some of the servers that work there. Um and then, you know, go to college yep. through college. I'm still serving there. And then another job and kind of just continue in the restaurant industry all while pursuing academia.
0: Yeah. Um, did you think you were going to be like a professor or something? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, that's cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I had like romantic, like go to London vibes. Like that's yes. what I wanted. I wanted big like scarf energy, big Scarf, yeah. like back to camel colored, like camel jacket, yes. like camel hair, jacket like that's what I I didn't envision the professorship I envisioned like all the things around it yeah like having a really cool office in the university (laughs) with like Persian carpets hanging up like that's what I was like thinking yeah and but I was like in school during the Iraqi war and I Mm -hmm. was like this isn't fun yeah this is fucking depressing yeah and I don't want to be doing this like I don't want to be you know like a lot of like the things that I wanted to study like weren't available anymore because like there was a war so I was like oh my gosh so I just kind of like backed out because my my major was philosophy and then it then it went into Middle Eastern philosophy and then Islamic studies and all like and I was like very you know kind of feminist and I was very um like spiritual Islam and I was like guys like we got to read more into the books and like this is all all literal. It's got to be more figurative. And yes. like, I was kind of getting like, you know, I was kind of a, not like a f- made fool of, but like, I was not in the same vibe as all these people in my major. And so I would kind of escape that and go to my restaurant job. Mm-hmm. And I would like turn down TA positions because I was like, I can't. I'm like <laughs> this great <laughs> shift on Fridays, you know, whatever. And so, um, When I was finally like at this tail end, I like went in for another bachelor's in Middle Eastern history and I was like, what am I doing? And then I was like going to apply to this doctor and I'm like, I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I talk about like my best friend all the time. We were out to eat at a restaurant we loved that I always kind of imagined would be a really cute restaurant to own one day. Mind you, all the while, like, I've written menus, fake menus. I was writing fake menus for a restaurant I didn't own. I had, like, a menu called Sour Cherry because I was going to, like, make it Persian but not and, like, funky. Oh, my gosh. And and then he's, like, and I'm, like – I'm just miserable. Like I don't want right. to keep. Pers- I'm like I'm sick of academia. And he was like, "Then what do you want to do?" I'm like, "I want to I want to open a restaurant." He's like, "Well, what do you want? Do you want to be the restaurateur? Mm-hmm. Do you want to like what do you?" I'm like, "I want to be the chef." He's like, "Then what the hell are you doing?" Right. You got to go cook. Being a TA isn't going to take you there. Right. Yeah. Right. And being a server is not going to take you there. Yeah. Like you got to get out of this side of the industry and get to the back of the industry. Mm-hmm. And it was immediate. I mean, it was like once I like came to the once I was resolute in the idea that like this is a career. It's not, I think a lot of people, and I I find this a lot with even some of my staff, I tell them all the time, this doesn't have to be an in-between. Yeah. It has a stigma of being an in-between, but it's not. This is an industry that's lasted for centuries. And I don't think robotics could come in and like take over the hospitality industry in the way that it can take over a lot of other industries.
0: I completely agree with you. And
1: so once I came to the fact, you know, I come from foreign parents, Mm -hmm. so they're like, you know... They were – my parents have never been like, you need to be a doctor. But, like, it's that sort of, like, idea that, mm-hmm. like, achieve, achieve, achieve. Um, but I had told you earlier before we were recording, my dad was a phenomenal cook. And I feel like his dream had always been to kind of open a restaurant. He did a lot of catering through his grocery stores. And he loved He food. had grocery stores? Yeah. So my dad moved here in the 60s before the Iranian Revolution. Okay. He moved here, and him and his brothers kind of, like, opened a liquor store. They, like, mm-hmm. fell into it. Like, I think half the shit came off with, like, trucks. Like, wow. they probably weren't on the up and up. We're not going to fact check that. Yeah, whatever. He's dead. He made it happen. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. He did great. Yeah, yeah. He so, what he needed. But, like, yeah. in Cabrini Green, like, in yeah. the south side of Chicago, my dad was on the news multiple times for shootings that had happened in Chicago. Oh, like, Lord in the Jesus. store. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, he, he like came up in these grocery store liquor stores. They ended up closing them and he opened a grocery store in Highland Park called the Apple Cart. Oh, and so cute. Yeah, yeah. And but like my dad had like mixture of Sarah and my energy, my older mm. my sister who's the partner yeah. cuz like customers will joke like who's that lady at the door? <laughs> She's <laughs> like she has a RBF. I'm like, "Yeah." But my dad was kind of like so the customer would be like, "I want hummus, but you know, you're catering for me. So make me hummus, but I don't want garlic. And my dad would be like, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Like go somewhere else. I'm not going
0: to make you bland ass food. Sorry.
1: So he had like, so I wouldn't say he was a good businessman, but he was hospitable as fuck. Like my dad.
0: And he, he went with his morals of like, this is, (laughs) this is what I
1: make. And you either like it or you don't. Yeah. And like people when he passed away were like, we always think of your dad because he fed us. Like mm-hmm. when my friends would come over, he would make them food, like pita and homemade yogurt. Like they would, all of my friends have like memories of sitting around my kitchen table eating my dad's food, not like eating Cheetos from Costco.
0: Mm. So, mm-hmm.
1: so yeah. So <laughs> it's always been in me. And I don't even know how I got on this tangent. I'm sorry. Here we go. No, it's okay. You guys are in for a roller coaster. Yeah. This is going to be
0: a lot of information (laughs) and it's going to be a lot of fun shit, but, um, okay. Yeah. I don't want stale Cheetos. I want homemade pita and hummus and yogurt. Like that sounds amazing. You were interested in like, and had that connection to food at that early age because of that. And then it was just, it's just so funny too, to be like, you were outwardly projecting that this is what you wanted, like writing the menu for sour cherries and like just thinking of food and really like picking shifts in the restaurant versus like – continuing on in the world of like professorship or whatever. But it's like, but still it doesn't click until it clicks.
1: Oh, right. And so it, when did it click? It clicked at that lunch meeting with my friends yep. and I was like, okay. And then there was no thing telling my parents. I were like, I said, I think that's why yeah. I got there. My parents yeah. were both like, yeah, go do it. Wow. Um, so I moved. So my, my siblings had lived in the Bay area for yeah. like years. So every time we went on family vacations, we would go to the Bay area. And like, I was enchanted by like, the produce there. Yes. I was enchanted by like the foliage, like the flowers, the bougainvillea. I was like, mm-hmm. this is the most beautiful place on earth. Like, what are we doing in Chicago? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and never- the weather's
0: a smidge better. Yeah. Just, um, yeah. Just like
1: a little bit more sun, a little bit more like <laughs> warmth. Um, so I think it was like the summer before I made this decision, we had gone to Oakland to visit my siblings and their kids and everything. And then we took a day trip to Napa. And as we were driving down Highway 29, I see College of uh, Culinary Institute of America at Greystone. Yep. And I'm like, "There." and I had I had heard about CIA and it had always been like this romantic place for me in Hyde Park. Yes. Because one of my customers from Country Kitchen, their son was enrolling at the CIA and I was like that's a dream and I kind of yeah. I thought to myself like I could never pursue that because I'm like in this stupid academic you know academic wow. field so when I saw it on that drive I was like wait there's a CIA at, and guys CIA like Culinary Institute of America um, elite yes, yes but also not the CIA like the government yeah I should see. um so uh, not that y'all should know yeah, yeah. well because everyone gets confused because Middle Eastern studies and they're like oh CIA operative I'm like no 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 like fast but, forward that just goes gone. to show why
0: this is an education for everybody of like CIA, Culinary Institute of America, still exists in Napa. It's great.
1: Okay. It's phenomenal. And so when I saw that, I I remember like thinking to myself, oh my God, like this would be, are you kidding me learning about food here? So I applied. I applied and like, I wouldn't say they're discerning in their application process. I think if you can pay and like, you can, (laughs) you know, I think if you can pay. I'm sure they're discerning. I mean, I honestly... I think those like private institutions—they want to see your ref, like not your reference, yeah, your references, but also like your background. Yeah, so I had been in the industry for so long; all of my my resume showed it, and I had done some like little baby stashes at the restaurants that I worked at. I'll like work in their kitchen, so I had like those like chefs write me things. So I got in. Um, And it was like a dream come true. I mean, I was lucky. A customer of mine from one of the restaurants I worked at had a vineyard home there. And so they were like, yeah, like we would love, you could stay in our pool house. So I lived, oh my god, just
0: everything unfolding in front of you, very much like, yeah.
1: very much like meant to be. Mm-hmm. So I lived in their pool house in in Santa Rosa, which was a trek, but it was like <laughs> free. Yeah. Um, and then the rest is history. I started the, I started school there. I loved it. Um, I think a lot of my classmates would say that I hated it because I was jaded. I like I had worked in the rest. I started working in a Michelin restaurant with mm-hmm. like during school, and so while I was working there, I was kind of like. why are we learning this shit like this is stupid you guys like we need to be like being you know this is not how easy it is right and so while i was there i was kind of like the jaded like little like badass whatever but um but now in retrospect you know nearly whatever god 15 years later
0: holy crap
1: i feel like it was yesterday
0: it was yesterday don't don't Uh, think
1: about the dates and the age uh, it's fine so yeah now i'm like And I, you know, I was just telling you earlier, like it's, it's, it was an incredible experience. I was lucky to have it. I definitely tell all young cooks, you know what I suggest, because I think part of the reason I learned so much is because I was working under my mentor at the time. And I think And so that was like, it was like a juxtaposition or whatever. It was like an amalgam of things that made the whole experience so wonderful. Because I did a lot of like food and wine events with him, Pebble Beach, like all the things, you know, at the same time. So, um, but I tell all my young cooks in retrospect, I would have been probably just as fortunate and blessed and happy had I gone to work for Richard, um, you know, at 25 and not gone to culinary school and just like learned and also got paid. Like that's, if you can learn from a good chef, it's everything.
0: Yeah. You just needed that like mentorship to kind of get you through everything because yeah, I mean, culinary school is a, there's a barrier for entry there with a lot of people. And so I I think, like, do people in this generation still stodge? Like, if you're not in culinary school, like, is that still happening in this day and age?
1: I think I always require any new employee, even a server, to yeah. stodge. The wow. difference is we pay a stodge, which okay. is when I was coming up. Because
0: I associate that with zero pay. Zero pay. Yeah.
1: So, like, when I came up, like, I mentioned the Michael Chiarello thing. Mm-hmm. Like, um I had seen him at a coffee shop um. Modern Modern Bakery. Okay. Yes. Um, Oh, yes. yes. Been there. Love it. Yes. So I I was at the Saint Helena one. Like we were in our chef checks with our neckerchiefs and like our (laughs) toques in our hand, and we were nerds. And he was like, "Oh, hey, girls!" Like, and maybe he was hitting on us. Like God rest his soul. But like he was kind of like a little bit of a player. Uh So he definitely was like, you know, we were cute young. I mean, he had a thing for neckerchiefs. Yes, just what it is. (laughs) And there is like this: we, you know, you're so enthusiastic as a young Mm -hmm. cook at at culinary school. Like you're, like the whole thing, like because they really, it's they ritualize it. Like Mm -hmm. when you're there, like you have to wear the uniform with the neckerchief. You have to have the black shiny shoes, like you have to have your hair pulled back, like pinned. It's very like military esque. Yes. And I think those are elements of it that are good because they get you into the rule the rule game of working in a restaurant. Because mm-hmm. there's so many rules. And I tell people all the time when you're coming into a restaurant, like if you want to work at a restaurant, at a good restaurant, and you mm-hmm. also want to be good at your job, it's very like being in the military. Yeah. It's you know, you have to listen to like the tears of of leadership. Mm-hmm. Um there's it's, hierarchy. Hierarchy. Involved. Yeah. Yes. And there's also it's also like sansai Samurai sort of energy. Like yeah. you gotta like you've gotta be like, Yes, sir. Like, what is it? Yes, ma'am, like I am doing it because I want to get better. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're all like in our like little outfits and we're like freaking out. <laughs> and he's like, Hey, like, oh, you guys are young, you know, young this is your first semester. We're like, Yes, yeah, our first block at culinary school, and he's like, You guys should come stage. So me and my friend Jessica, who um I still am, like, very close with. But her and I were like, let's go do this. Because she also loved him. It was, like, also one of her favorite TV chefs. And if you get to do it
0: together, it makes it even better. So,
1: stage there for a few months, every weekend for free. Um, And then I got the stage at Red, which is where I spent a lot of my time in Napa. And um, that stage was also, like, a few months... Not every day, but a few months for free because I Jeez. wanted the job. And he was like, I don't hire students because, yeah. like, you guys don't know enough. Like, he was just like, no. But after the stages, he was like, okay. And he gave me, you know, I was making $10 an hour, but I didn't know what? how to do it. I didn't even know how to emulsify. I didn't know what emulsification meant, like in yeah. dressing. Like, we hadn't gotten to that section in school, and mm-hmm. I didn't know what the hell it was. Persians and Arabs, we broken dressing. It's vinegar and lemon <laughs> juice. So it's like, you know, so I was like, what does this mean? But, um... But yeah, it was, it was, it's, it's just the funniest thing. So stages happen all the time. And for us, we have to hire with a stage. Yeah. Like I don't hire unless that someone stages. But
0: then, okay. But if you're paying them, then what does the stage mean? It's just more of like the hierarchy of like, you're going to listen to everybody that you're around. Like you're, you're in a learning phase while you're staging. And like, what does, what
1: that's a very takes,
0: good point. What's the like, distinction between somebody who's stodging or somebody who's working? For
1: so you? a stodge, normally I just like to see their energy in the kitchen, yeah. their sense of urgency, if they're hyper aware, paying attention to their surroundings, mm-hmm. arms are crossed or arms are moving. Yeah. Um, like if they see me finishing a plate the same way five times, I expect them to come and finish the plate the same way. Yeah. I'm just watching for those sort of things. And more than anything, like Henmother John's Creek is small and the Alpharetta location will be small as well in terms yeah. of the kitchen. And so you've got to find a person that can move in that space and like find their place in that space. Um, and I know it's asking a lot of someone to find that within a three hour stage, Mm -hmm. but, um, and you know, like we just like do a petty cash under the table. It's like a babysitting shift, right? So it's like, okay, like here's your cash for your day if we don't hire them. And if we hire them, we talk about it at the end of the shift, hire them. And then we put that on their hours,
0: the amount of pressure. Like if I had to stage in a restaurant for three hours, I'd be
1: shitting myself. But you know what? I think no. Like, first of all, we have a lot of people that walk in the door that have no, I'm nobody, but they they just have no idea about the work that I've put into my career or the work that my husband's put into his career. And, um, I think they just don't know. So they don't have that pressure. They don't care. Yeah.
0: And, And it probably adds to, I mean, not only just a respect level, but just understanding that like yes, you're coming to work for me. And we have an expectation of the way that things are done. And it's from the second that you walk in the door. Exactly. So I think that like having that and knowing that that person, if they're trying to succeed and they're stodging and like keep trying mm-hmm. means that they have that internal monologue of like what you're looking for too. Exactly. Yeah. Like you
1: can just see it. And, and and we do that for the front too. Mm-hmm. Like for, for the front, we know, like we know within the first couple of <laughs> days, cause like we'll have them stodge once and then shadow once. Yeah. And you just know, you're like, it's not there. Yeah. It's not there. It's, it's like that his... Malcolm Gladwell
0: blink. Yeah. Like gut instinct like quick whatever
1: yeah you just gotta you just gotta and you see it and like I do set my expectations from jump like I so one rule that we have is if you're a server you do not start your shift without coming in and saying hello to everyone from the front of the house to the back of the house to the kitchen to the dish pit yeah like I I run a kitchen culture restaurant and I've served in so many front of house culture Mm -hmm. restaurants where like you know, I need this. I need this right now. Give it to me. Like, I fucked, you know, I fucked up the order. Yeah. I need it. You know, it's like, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 That doesn't happen in Headmother. Uh, and so we're, we're a
0: team. Every one of us, not just the person in the front versus the people yes. in the back. Yes. yes.
1: And also like guest experience is everything we have a l- huge terrible rap for like we don't do this we don't do certain things because every guest experience matters to us yes and so unfortunately you know the sum is gr- what is it the sum is greater the sum than the parts or the parts are greater the whole is greater than the parts.
0: yeah like Some- whoever yeah you get it yeah. you got it it's uh, google it yes
1: you guys know <laughs> what i'm talking about um so you know that's why i'm such a stickler with the front like you guys you know the salt and pepper shakers need to be clean. Um, like the tables need to be detailed. Like everything matters in a guest experience. And yes, I may, I'm not going to like build your own omelet on a Sunday at noon. Right. Yeah. That's not going to happen. That part of your experience, but I'm going to give you the best of what I can offer you. Yes. And that's my goal. And so that's kind of the goal in hiring everybody from the front to the back. And I'm really lucky right now, specifically. I mean, my front of house team is phenomenal. They always have been. But my back of house team right now is just like young, hungry. Kids, they want to learn. Yeah, they're like they remind me of me, and that doesn't exist anymore, right? But you're attracting those people. I hope, like
0: they're the creme de la creme, like they're the people that are going to come flock to you because they want to be in a system that has the respect and the hierarchy, and that they can learn from you. You're the you're
1: the mentor that they're
0: seeking out. That's my goal. And like
1: honestly, I don't mind how much experience you have, and like I don't mind that you suck. I really don't. I don't because again, like I told you, wow, I started working at a Michelin restaurant. I didn't know what emulsification. I didn't know how to make make a aioli. A- I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. I whisk this together, and like Richard didn't use robocues for aioli. He did oh, he taught me how to make bread with a wooden spoon and a bowl. Okay. <laughs> you went rudimentary yes, all the way. Cause he learned from French chefs in France, like without like speaking the language up yeah. front. So like all of his teaching for me initially was just like, yeah, yeah, you're whisking this until mm-hmm. it's emulsified. And if you break it, then you better figure out a way to fix it. And so, but now I have these young cooks that, um, you know, a lot, mm, I would say all of them mm-hmm. came in with zero experience, you know, maybe a little bit experience at certain restaurants. And, and I think, I mean, you'll probably get into this with a question, but I tell people all the time, like the reason you can't get good food anywhere anymore is because we can't teach cooks the way we used to. Yeah. Like you just can't, it's not, I'm not telling you to like throw a pan at someone's head, (laughs) but if something (laughs) sucks, then you say, Hey, this fucking sucks and you better fix it. Right.
0: Like we should be able to have that dialogue of improving. Right. Like that should be the bottom line there. If if this is your career, If this is what you want to do, it's not going to be freaking walk in the park every day. For it's sure. just, and it's not that with anything. I have one last question yes, in this career journey part. Oh, thank you for calling me ma'am. That's like, <laughs> it's very Southern, <laughs> very Southern. I'm sorry. Am I giving Southern
1: energy no. right now? No, okay. yeah, well, yes, Good. But, but ma'am is my, th- so I side note, side note, yeah. when I grew up in Chicago and I was learning how to waitress my one of my trainers cheryl was like never call someone ma'am they could be 120 years old with their teeth falling out you don't call them ma'am you call them miss you call everybody miss from like woman man child miss and so it was ingrained in me that ma'am was like the worst thing to call a woman
0: hilarious
1: yes so i moved to georgia and everyone's calling me ma'am and i'm like what the Hell's going on here? And I had a server working for me when we first opened mother and she would always go, ma'am. Oh. Like, it was kind of like her exclamation on yes. everything. I, I totally fell in love with the phrase and it became like something I adopted so now something seems ludicrous something seems crazy I go ma'am and like that's all I say and it's from Therese I I do not take credit for it but I love it so even like I'll text people that they'll be like yeah I really had a great meal at that restaurant I hate the restaurant I'm like ma'am like that's Mm -hmm. all I'll say so if I call you emphasis it is so if I call you ma'am it has nothing to do with the way you look your age anything about you it's just like it's happened no nobody calls me chef at the restaurant they call me ma'am I love it they call me and it's so funny we have a new guy who just started he's been calling me chef. And I'm like, this is so funny to me because I do not expect it at all.
0: <laughs> like, it's like, you need a shirt that just says ma'am.
1: Yeah. Ma'am is my, my ma'am is my jam. Yeah. Ma'am mm. is my jam. <laughs> oh my God.
0: Okay. So the last like career oriented question in that way is like, you did mention to me that you do a food test for new employees. Yes. What is this food test like? What is the whole experience like for that new employee coming into hen mother?
1: So one of our assistant managers made, so she was my first hire. She was 18 when she started. She had never worked in a restaurant before. She even asked me at our interview. I was desperate. Yeah. And she was like, Oh, is there anything you like have any questions for me or any expectations of me? And I was like, well, have you like, uh, no, like I, she's like, are you worried? Cause I've never worked in a restaurant. I'm like, I guess, but we'll just figure it out. She's learned so much in this last almost six years. She's an incredible asset to the restaurant, but, um, I think, food knowledge-wise. Like, yes, I think she, like, loved food. Uh, You know, she was, like, appreciative of good food. But she learned a lot at Henmother. Yeah. In terms of sauces, in terms of seasoning, aromatics, all those sort of things. Because I think one thing that's unique about our food, even though it's breakfast, and we dumb down the food knowledge that we have, my husband and I, because of price point and making it breakfast. Yeah. But we layer the food. Accessibility for people. Exactly. But we layer the food in terms of flavor. And so as an employee, you need to know those layers because of allergies, because of aversions, because of whatever. Right. So like none of the food that I make is like, put it in a bowl and it's mixed yeah it's like there's this step and then there's that step and like my sister jokes you should open a sauce restaurant like that should just be who you are little pop-up sauce just sauce 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 sauce. i joke with heather that we should open we should do like a sauce a sauce you should do a sauce collab collab. yeah Um, oh that shit would sell she's a saucy ass bitch yeah um but so anyway needless to say that's part of the like the food test. So Lauren developed it based mm-hmm. on food knowledge from our menu, and so there's a lot of questions like, what's the difference between this and that? Is garlic an onion allergy? Like right. little things like that, and you'd be surprised. I mean, we have employees I've worked with for five years that still haven't scored a hundred on it. Like wow. so it's it's um I want to take this test yeah well I mean but you might not do well because a lot of it is menu development menu yeah okay okay in terms of like foods and ingredients yeah I can like dumb I can narrow down those questions and send it to you oh my god no I really
0: want to because I love doing like challenges like that and my brother and his girlfriend always listen to my podcast and they're they're both navy pilots and they're in a different world and we'll talk about that but like they gave me this like food and drink trivia deck of cards and I'm like you know what? It's good to just like refresh my brain about certain mm-hmm. things and like terminology and all this stuff. And I just want to always like keep with it because it's been a minute since I graduated and like learned
1: all and of these so things. And there's so many new things and not new things. I feel like things are coming back into yes fashion in terms of food. Mm-hmm. I always say like food's always been the same. Yeah. It's just like reinvented, reinvented, reinvented. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I mean, I, I always do those like random things that come on on Facebook or yes. like, you little know, Buzzfeed here and yes, there. It's yes. fine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to know a little bit more about that. Yeah. So now Something else that we kind of talked about, and this is why we're even here today because we were messaging about this Mm -hmm. on Instagram is like, you know, social media has become an extension of you and your restaurant in a way. And it's like been such a Good thing for sure. In most of the ways, because it's attracting people to your like the food pictures that you put up. Like literally, when I look at your Instagram, I'm like, shit, I need to put this away or I'm gonna be driving Alfreda. And it's four <laughs> p.m. I can't get in there right now, so it's not really worth my time to be looking at this. But anyways, it's such a good way to attract people to your restaurant, but also. Um, it's a good way for you to vent about the stuff that you're having to deal with on the day-to-day basis. So I have a couple questions about like recent rants and expressions of self yes, on the hen mother, um, Here thing. We and mother. And then also, you know, and then some of the sweet stuff that happens on social too. So we'll end on the sweet note, but like starting with the little, the rant, a little sour cherry, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's
1: more me anyway. Yeah. So. Okay.
0: Um, I'm going to just co- combine these two. One-star reviews and unhinged DMs. (laughs) Thoughts and rants about this subject?
1: Oh, God. Well, I have definitely calmed down. I used to be really, really affected by the one-star reviews. And part of it is, like, I tell people all the time, this is my business. It's my blood, sweat, and tears. It's, like, what feeds my family. And your mediocre experience because you weren't able to get a Coca-Cola because at the time we weren't serving, (laughs) like to me, it's like, why does, like, like we said earlier, why does every feeling need to be exposed? Like you can just stuff it. And I, this was like a tagline of mine. It's one meal of your life. Yeah. Like get another meal and forget it. if You're harboring (laughs) this and you need to write a review that's going to, and I tell people all the time, like, because I I would, I'd rant about a one star and then mm-hmm. I'd get a thousand people in my DMs like, you know, it should really be more positive. No one wants to hear a negative Nelly. Um, a lot of things of like, it's just one one star. And it's like, no, no, because people look at a Numerical value when they look up a restaurant. Yeah. So even myself, like I don't. It's not that I'm going on and reading Yelp reviews, but immediately when you're like, oh, I've never been here. I'm in a new city. Let me look up this restaurant. The first thing that comes up is a Google or Yelp totally. with the four point three or a four point five or a two point one, mm. and you're like, mm, like, I'll, I'll yeah, pass. it's
0: like. It's become more important than even like the health score on the door.
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like if there's
0: a 2.1 Google review, but it's a hundred on your health score, I'm sorry. I'm not going to a 2.1. Right.
1: We just are like, well, God, like, and then, then, you know, you're like, let me read these reviews. Let me see how unhinged these people are. like, And sure enough. Ninety percent of the one star reviews are about the same one thing. Like the hostess was mean or they we weren't able to sit when our reservation time like it's always around about the same thing. So you're like, Okay, forget it. This is like a bullshit review. But um yeah. I think the one-star reviews now, I, I have deleted my access to Yelp and to Google. Good for you. I, that is
0: healthy, healthy behavior. It's been about
1: like a year and a half. Wow. It's only when like the servers will be like, did you read that one-star review? Because they all read them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, or my sister, like my sister checks it probably every day. Oh my God. I know, I know. But you have to
0: have your people that are kind of keeping you in yeah. the loop. You don't want to be completely in the dark, but you also don't want to be like inundated.
1: Exactly. Like I, I don't need to get that the freaking alert yeah um with like a yellow one star and oh, like no. no so my sister will be like and it's usually generally it's an experience that we were made aware of at mm-hmm. the time we knew it was coming the person was unhinged they were losing their damn mind at the restaurant and like again sky like to me a restaurant's a bad experience you just don't go back yeah and like you tell your friends oh, the place fucking sucked right uh i just like I'm always like very overwhelmed by the emotions that people feel eating at a restaurant and not being able to like get everything they want. And I say it all the time, you would never go to your dentist Mm-mm. with your tits out <laughs> and be like, I don't want you to do my root canal like that. Like you'd never yeah. do that. You'd right. sit in the chair, you shut the fuck up. Yeah, You'd open your mouth for an hour and a half drooling out of the sides <laughs> of your mouth because that's what they want you to do. You'd pay a billion dollars and then you'd leave. Hand, mother. It's like restaurants. It's like you're paying sixteen dollars for a plate of eggs, you right. know, for a plate of food, right. and you're you're expecting to like sit forever, take everything to go, including all of your drinks, mm-hmm. you know, to not tip well. I mean, there's the restaurant industry after COVID, and and I will just piggyback after COVID. We like had a lot of rules, yeah, because what we found was people were like, it doesn't say that. Where does it say <sighs> that? And not that they would read it if it said it anyway. So we're like, okay, like I guess we need to like print this shit. Like yeah. no outside food or drinks. I guess we need to write that. Yeah. Um, you know, no modifications when not possible. Uh, whatever, no splitting t- like we had we so we ended up having to write a list of rules upon yeah. entry. And everyone thinks like like we were, you know, just psychotic for doing it. Like, no, no, no. Like we were like it was needed. The amount of people that would say it's not written anywhere. And like would refuse to do certain things or would expect certain things or, um, and so now I think it was like the world, people were just miserable. Yeah. And so like they were miserable to a lot, like to restaurant, like to restaurants, retail, like people were just angry Yeah, and it's tapered down. I think people are a little bit more joyful. And so we realized, Hey, like I mentioned, your dentist's office doesn't say put your penis back in your pants. You just don't (laughs) go out. You don't sit there. So like, like we don't need to write all these things. Right. It's expected. I mean, the fact that you had to write
0: down no substitutions when not possible. Yeah. It, it just says it all right there. There's
1: been times too, like where I've like wanted to take a photo of a modified check and be like, so all you motherfuckers are like once I review, no modifications. Like, no, no, we'll modify 95% of the menu. Right. We just ask you to not build your own omelet on a weekend. Yep. You can do it every other day of the week. And we ask you to not modify eggs on one dish on the weekends. Mm. And we've changed it. We've changed it. Like, we now it's to the kitchen's discretion. Yep. We haven't written it anywhere. We tell the servers, like, hey, come and ask me if they want me to make, you know, an egg white omelet with, you know, whatever in it. And I can do it. I'll do it. Listen, we don't want to be in no place. We never ex- – it, like intended to be a no place. It just came out of necessity. And now we don't have that necessity anymore. That's so, great. yeah. So the one star reviews kind of become a thing. And then as far as DMs, um, I don't get them anymore as much, right. but when I do, I just like, I usually will respond really. I'll respond. I'm like, I respond the way I talk. So yeah. pretty nicely and pretty like matter of factly and I explain. And generally I never get a response back. I mm-hmm. left on read And then I give them a couple days and then I sometimes will just poke a bear and be like, did you get my response? Was that adequate? Yeah. yeah. And, um, yes I did. And then they'll block me or I block them. It's very simple. I've become a blocker. Like I'm blocking every damn body. Hey, you got to protect yourself. Yes. Protect your energy. Yes. I love it. I think that's hilarious.
0: And another side note that we'll talk about with the (laughs) responses of those things, because people never respond. They never respond. You, they, if you actually come back with like reason and rationale, oh no. they don't respond. No,
1: no. They just want to like, they want to spew their yep drama and, um, and then they like, don't want to hear the reasons for it. Cause they don't want to know that there's logical reasons for anything. They want to believe that everything they feel is right, yep. warranted, valid, and that there's no reason for them to like be told otherwise. And so then they just leave it. I mean, I've never had anyone respond I've had one person, maybe one out of a thousand, that will respond and be like, "That makes sense. I get it. Thank you for explaining that." Wow. Yeah. And I never come. I never come back combatively. It's always like, "Hey, I get that you were upset. I'm so sorry that that happened. Yeah. But I need you to understand. We seat twenty six people, right? And we at a time in the dining room. So if there's a wait, there's a wait. And there's or if we ask you to leave after sixty minutes, it's mm-hmm. because it's thirty degrees outside, and we're seating. We're doing sometimes 500 people on a Sunday. Right. So like, we need you to go. Mm -hmm. This can't be, I always tell people when they're like, it was my birthday. I'm like, everyone has a birthday every day.
0: (gasps) And people just say that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, a lot true. of people just say that. Yeah. And I mean, this is not like a rant and hate fest. It's just more of like an awareness for your everyday person. If you're going to a restaurant, let's consider all the layers that are involved mm-hmm. for you getting a meal that you did not have to make for yourself. You did not have to decide on all of the things you're being seated. All of it. Let's think about that yeah. before anything goes out into
1: the ether. And every restaurant's appreciative of business. Like yes. we're all like thankful. Are you kidding me? Like when it's slow, I'm like, Oh my God, we're done. It's over. Everyone hates me. Like I yeah. have those feelings daily. I full on imposter syndrome and it extends into like failure fears. Yes. And, um, but I, I do like, you know, I am so grateful. I'm so grateful for the customers, but I also like, I'm grateful for you, but also we're all human. Right. It has to have
0: mutual respect. Yeah. 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 Okay. I hate to be ending this in a second, but we are about to end this. This was short. I know. I'm just like, I want to avoid my life and just talk with you. I about know everything. we could literally talk forever. The amount of tangents that I've tabled to the side here. We got a lot of other things to debrief, <laughs> but I want to end on the sweet stuff. Yes, ma'am. The cherry of the sour cherry, <laughs> all the good things, because there's so many good things that you're also able to share on social media and also that you've manifested and attracted to your restaurant, your space that you've created with blood, sweat and tears and about to extend into that second location. Mm. Something that I have seen that stands out to me is like there have been either parts of the year or just somebody who comes in and will either double their tab to tip or will leave you like a massive tip. Mm -hmm. I've seen that and it just like melts my heart, warms my heart. That sounds super cliche, but it really like makes me feel good inside that Mm -hmm. that's happening and Mm -hmm. it's going to the people that deserve it. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also, I mean, you've just, you treat people with respect and I think it comes back to you. What are the things that like stand out like that to you? Is it the tipping? Is it that you've like manifested Heather McMahon to your
1: restaurant? Oh, it is. is it
0: having the best staff around? Like what, what is feeling good to you right now?
1: Well, yes. So one staff, I mean, like yeah. I feel so blessed. I mean, beyond mm-hmm. we have a few in and outers and a few like new people, but like f- my staff is like, they have, Drink the Kool-Aid, like the and and, and I'm hoping it's like delicious and healthy and like there's no like red number five. It's it's, not the
0: Panera charger stuff that has 350 milligrams of caffeine.
1: No, no, I'm just like I just I want them to be as passionate. I've I've said this after we did a dinner event because we do like these little pop up dinners. I was like, you guys are like busting your ass for my dream, like that's insane to me. Yeah, and I only hope and pray that you can fulfill your dreams one day because Mm -hmm. like you know, whatever they may be. So like, you know, I'm always shocked. I'm always like in awe and even including my, my family, like my sister jumping on board for this, my husband, my husband is just ride or die, you know? So it's just like, I'm, but I know in my bones, yes, I'm providing jobs for tons of people yeah, and we're successful and it's great, but I know it's my dream. And so like, they're all helping me manifest it. So that's like, number one, that just like, constantly gets me like down on my knees and emotional about it Mm -hmm. and then as far as the guests like we were just talking about negative Nellies but like it's only because the squeaky wheel gets the oil right right but there are so many more phenomenal customers parts of our family people that have been coming since the day we opened people that we've seen their like it's weird now six years and like we've seen their kids like grow up and um you know love the restaurant love the staff want like you know we have one little kid who like is obsessed with one of our servers dom like wants to see him all the time <laughs> wants to sit in the station talks about him like at, with, at home with his family and so It's those things that are really special and just like family, there's moments when we're like, Oh God, like she's here again. Like, you know, you see like the jokey meme restaurant names where it's like that one customer, but like we joke about it, but we love our regulars like beyond. And I find, I found since Heather has started coming to hen mother, we've garnered more regulars and newer regulars. that just kind of like, you know, started coming a year ago or two years ago. And, um, and I think, because the industry is changing, customer expectations are also changing. So people are just, like you said, they're just joyful to be in a space with good food. Yes where the server knows what they want and the food comes out hot and made with love and like they're content. They're not, it's not the same. Like the customer experience I think is changing where people aren't wanting the things that they wanted before. So all of our guests, 99.9% of our guests are phenomenal and wonderful. And I think that's the same for a lot of restaurants. And I think it's because we put in all of our love um, and we, we put that out there, and so like we do get it back. We do get it back. So I, I'm, I'm just grateful. This new Alpharetta location, it's going to be a shift. It's going to be way bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's not a really different um, market. I mean, it's kind of the suburbs of yep. you know, you know OTP, um, but it's definitely going to be different. We're doing full alcohol. Okay. so like there's little things I tell people all the time. They're like, what is it going to be like? I'm like, it's going to be hen mother adjacent. It's going to be ish. Like it's going to be called hen mother cookhouse. But like, as you know, like our menu changes all the time. Yeah. So there'll be a dish like maybe in the Alpharetta location that I had on the John's Creek location like two years ago that I don't always have on. So like, if you're eating here, you're going to feel like I'm here and it's my food, Yeah. but it may not, you may not get like the energy bowl that's on in John's Creek. So, um, but it's going to be like a little shift and it's going to be new staff and it's going to be scary. I'm scared. (sighs) You can do this. Well, thank you. It is scary. Any
0: big new business, anything is a jump, Mm -hmm. but you wouldn't have put yourself into this position if you weren't ready for it. That's like half my Pinterest board. It's just saying like this opportunity wouldn't be there for you if it wasn't for you. I love that. And you're in it right now. And I know I'm rooting for you. Thank you. All of your... Staff, Family, regulars are rooting for you. And everybody on the, like, periphery that you just don't even know about. Like, that's the crazy thing is that you have so many people rooting for you that you probably don't even
1: know them. Well, I hope I hope that I can deliver something to them that, you know... You are. For that good energy, you know. You I'm, are. I'm grateful for it, honestly. It's pretty amazing. I
0: still really really wish that our timelines overlapped in john's creek where I, I was like literally down the street walking distance i had to go to carmine's pizza over there and riverside pizza if they still exist over riverside
1: there. still exists we get our pizza there every sunday yep. i used to get it every friday <laughs> um
0: but i i it's always worth it for me to come to hen mother and it's just a fabulous experience top to bottom the I'm way so that sweet. you run it and just i can't thank you enough for
1: like giving me any ounce of your time oh my right gosh, now it was my pleasure thank you for wanting to Listen to me, babble. You're a good babbler. I like to hear you. It's It's great. (laughs) No. Thank you,
0: thank you, thank you. And everybody follow is it at hen mother cookhouse or are there any periods in it? Oh gosh.
1: I made this like before I knew what was happening in my life. So hold on, let me make sure. I think it's hen dot mother underscore cookhouse. Okay. (laughs) Well and if you type in hen, it'll like come up. Yeah, I think if you just type in hen mother cookhouse, it should come up. I think there's like a few like random places like in Australia, named like Hen House or something like that. But hen mother cookhouse will come up, especially if you're in the area. We're not in
0: Australia yet. So just like look for John's Creek and Alpharetta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's worth a a follow for so many reasons. So please check them out. And thanks everybody for listening. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Join me every Tuesday for a new episode of Sky's the Limit, available wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow along in the meantime on Instagram at sky.estrop or sky stropcom See you next week.